Key Economic Releases Affecting Fixed Income Yields Insights into Sectors Influencing Fixed Income Securities How AAM Plans to Capitalize on These Themes for Your Fixed Income Portfolio The Portfolio Fix is a podcast series featuring members of AAM's investment and portfolio management team. We will discuss the timely issues affecting the fixed income investments of our insurance clients. Welcome to another episode of The Portfolio Fix, a podcast series from AAM. My name is Patrick McGeever, and I'm a member of AAM's investment team. As usual, Marco Bravo will provide AAM's latest views on the economy, and then Garrett Dungy will join us to discuss the technology sector, which is the largest industrial constituent in the Bloomberg Barclays Ag. So welcome, Marco. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. Good to have you here, as usual. Um, Today, I was hoping we could cover some of our economic forecasts for 2024. Um, Before doing so, though, I thought it might be useful for our listeners to go over some of the calls we made at this time last year. Um, So we were correct about Fed actions in 2023. We called for no cuts when the market was actually forecasting several cuts. Uh, We stated that we expected the Fed funds rate to remain near 5% and to drive short-term rates higher. This was accurate as short-term rates now have moved up between 50 and 140 basis points along the short end of the curve. This is from uh, December of 2022. we expected the curve to remain inverted, and this was different than what the market was calling for because, as I just stated, the, the market was pricing in several fit, um, Fed cuts during the year. Uh, we talked about inflation trending lower, but we highlighted the risks that they were skewed to the upside due to the strength in the labor market and, and wages. Um, the one item we missed on, though, was economic growth. We believed a recession was likely to occur in the second half of 2023, which obviously has not occurred. And so that's something I want to focus on here. Uh, What did we get wrong or underestimate about economic growth at this time last year? Well, I think what we missed was how resilient the consumer um, was going to remain uh, in, you know, given the increase in rates that we that we saw um we were expecting along those lines we were expecting the unemployment rate to rise which it really didn't so that continued to support consumer spending and you know we get a sense that there's there was still a lot of excess savings there to continue to support consumption and so what we what we what we saw you know in the third quarter um is the consumer continuing to provide the to economic growth and that's really what uh in 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 my opinion what we missed and why we were negative on the economy uh back in uh back in december of last year yeah i would agree with that uh I certainly expected the job market to be weaker and and that to 
lead to uh, consumers not feeling as as safe about their job. Um, that just didn't play out nearly as uh, I expected. So, so let's talk about uh, 2024 a little bit. Uh, consensus estimates for real economic growth, I believe, is right around one percent right now. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but is AAM right now more or less optimistic about uh, growth for upcoming year? Uh, I would describe AAM as uh, mildly more optimistic than the consensus today. Um, but we're not expecting real strong growth. We do think growth will slow from the 2023 level. Um, but we view the you know, balance of risks to economic growth as skewed to the upside relative to the consensus. Okay. So um, we're, we're more optimistic on growth. Um, what do we expect the Fed to do in 2024, given that inflation is still above their target level? Yeah, we expect the Fed to cut rates in 2024. But right now, our call is for the Fed to cut rates one to two times, so 25 to 50 basis points uh, in uh, uh, for uh, for 2024. That's very different than what the market is is pricing in today. Almost 100 basis points of cuts next year. Okay. So we 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 think the Fed's going <clears> to <throat> take their time uh, in um, <clears throat> in cutting rates. Okay. So we're expecting economic growth to be slightly more optimistic than consensus, and we expect the Fed to cut less frequently than the market expects. What do you think are the biggest risks to our forecast for the upcoming year? We see three key risks for um, for our forecast and the markets uh, next year. Uh, the, the largest one is inflation. That's really going to drive monetary policy, in our opinion. And should inflation remain sticky uh, and not come down as quickly as the uh, consensus expects, then we would uh, we'd expect the Fed to continue to keep rates higher than what is currently being projected. Um, I think the second risk would be a more severe downturn in economic activity and the effects of the rise in rates that we've seen finally begin to take hold both at the consumer and at the corporate levels. And then a third risk is uh, escalation in, in geopolitical um, risks. Yep, those are all uh, certainly worth watching in the upcoming year. That's um, very helpful. Thanks a lot, Marco, for all that information. Very much appreciate it. You bet. We're joined by Garrett Dungy, a member of AAM's investment team, and he's responsible for a number of sectors, including the insurance, healthcare, and technology industries. So, welcome, Garrett. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. So, today we're going to discuss technology, which is at the center of the economy, infrastructure, spending, geopolitics. It also happens to carry the highest weightings 
of all industrial sectors in the Bloomberg Barclays Index. So it's a, uh, it's a critical sector for fixed income investors to understand. So maybe we can start out with some easy questions and work out to more difficult ones, G. Um, tell us where we are in the IT business cycle. Yeah, of course. Um, it's a good question to start on. Um, you know, we, we thought the cycle this time around would be less cyclical. Um, the tech space has really expanded into more markets outside of the consumer and computing uh, with, uh, you have industrial applications, healthcare applications, um, uh, internet of things, uh, all of these areas that, um, you know, are less, a little less volatile than consumer spending. Um, but here we are. Um, it's, it's been a vicious cycle, uh, somewhat of a, um, you know, result of a pull for in spending from 2021. Um, whereas now, uh, we, you know, have a bit of oversupply and then we had weak demand. Um, and, uh, I guess the good news is, uh, we're seeing more and more companies that are reporting, um, starting to turn in, uh, results uh with sequential growth uh now that year over year growth is still down but uh we're starting to see yeah, some sectors that were hit the hardest uh like pcs smartphones um uh, starting to provide better outlooks better guidance um we're starting to see uh better guidance in the in the data center um and then we're also starting to see some uh uh, the, the deacceleration that's been happening, uh, and, and the cloud space starting to slow, um, in, in terms of growth. So there's definitely areas that look like they're, they're primed for a rebound, um, uh, that were heavily impacted, um, during, throughout the cycle. Uh, I'm sure, uh, kind of looking at all of this and putting it all together that we're likely past the bottom. I guess the question is now uh, whether or not um, we're in the clear. Um, uh, and you know, there was one company that reported Texas Instruments um, that mentioned uh, two areas that were a little bit more resilient uh, during the cycle: um, uh, industrial and automotive. Uh, starting to see some inventory buildup there, some weakness there. Um, that maybe has, you know, broader implications for the economy. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's more of a wait and see at this point, uh, whether or not this rebound is linear, um, and if the coast is clear, but we are seeing some areas, um, uh, in the, the tech space more simply the, the semi space, which is a little bit more volatile starting to rebound okay. this quarter. Okay. So, um, it's definitely a more diversified space than it was. Five years ago, uh, you mentioned that it's more involved in different parts of the economy than ever before. Um, what do you think are the key growth drivers then over the next couple of years? Yeah, you know, that diversification uh, kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, just about everything you, you use nowadays or will use in the future is likely going to have a chip in it. Um, so that specular trend uh, supporting long-term growth uh, definitely remains intact as we move into a more digital world. Um, 
and then you add uh, generative AI on top of that, um, which we'll start seeing companies starting to provide estimates. Uh, it, it should be incremental growth for all tech, um, but we'll start to see companies include likely estimates, uh, uh, accounting for growth there uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, but all this, you know, um, this digitization, you know, really puts um, this tech space in in place for long term growth. Uh, you see estimates about five point seven, a five point seven Kager uh, over the next several years, and you know, really puts this the semi space uh, to be more specific to be on track for a trillion in sales by. Uh, the end of uh, this decade. Is that a trillion per year? Yes, a trillion <laughs> annual sales per year. Wow. Um, it's it's uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, being at 700 um, million today, sorry, 700 billion today, definitely, uh, you know, that's going to take a lot of growth to get there. But um, with these secular trends kind of underpinning um, you know, whether we go through a cycle or not, these secular trends remain and should support um, this long term growth uh, for a lot of the companies in this sector. OK, uh, you mentioned uh, generative AI, and that's uh, obviously a, a big topic that we'll have to tackle uh, as it matures sometime in the future. Um, uh, so so we'll focus on, on something probably uh an issue more near at hand, and that is U.S. and China. Uh, we couldn't have a technology discussion without talking about the tensions between the two countries. Uh, maybe you can wrap up this discussion by talking about some of the key issues that make this so important to both countries. Yeah, uh, tech is kind of being used as a bargaining piece between both of these these countries. Um, you know, China has long-term goals uh, that uh, may not align with the U.S. U.S.'s long-term goals. Uh, China wants to be a leader uh, in this space. Um, they want to be self-sufficient, um, and they want to shape how the you know the standards uh, and 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 how the industry, uh, the direction the industry moves going forward. So. Um, obviously, the U.S. also wants to be a global leader. So, um, you know, there's been a tit for tat battle um, uh, as a part of this. Uh, this these tensions between the two economies, and we don't really see that you know slowing down or de-escalating anytime soon. Um, you know, it's it's something uh, that you, you look at some of the semi equipment. Um, manufacturers, uh, the, the wafer equipment, uh, companies, uh, they're, they're selling a lot of, a lot of this equipment into China. So China is investing heavily, uh, even with a weak macro environment. Um, they, um, are that the, their spending is kind of decoupled, if, if you want to say that, um, from, from economics, uh, whereas we're seeing CapEx cuts, uh, by majority of the industry, um, uh, you know, as as demands has been weak uh, the, the past year or so, um, so um, the the only way forward, I think, is uh, is is we're going to continue to see stories here 
of uh, more restrictions put in place uh, to so the, the so for the U.S. to um, kind of maintain its lead, um, and uh, we'll see you know how that impacts the companies. It hasn't had much impact uh, yet, um, you know, uh, but as uh, as we move on um, and and China continues to uh, become more self-sufficient, um, we'll see and, and kind of develop their own domestic manufacturing. We'll see where this, this leads to and if it impacts revenue for the companies that we cover. Okay. You know, you mentioned uh, tit for tat and that the U.S. has placed restrictions on China. Has China placed any restrictions on any U.S. companies at this point? Um, the, the one they have singled out is Micron. Um, uh, Micron has a good amount of exposure in China. Um, and uh, this was in response to the U.S. restricting advanced uh, chips uh, specifically used for AI um, coming into to China. So uh, we'll see if China expands and targets more individual companies. Um, but that might be likely depending on you know what application uh, that company has um, within China. Hmm. All right. Well, we could have had a, a twenty-minute conversation on on this alone. So, um, really appreciate all the thoughts you have on the sector, Garrett. Very much appreciated. Yeah. Anytime. Um, we're also grateful to you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you have any questions please reach out to your portfolio manager or our marketing team at aamcompany.com. During our next podcast, I'll be joined by Marco and another member from our investment team to discuss a timely issue affecting the fixed income markets. Thanks.